Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Temple Report. My name is Spencer, and I recently completed a very short stint at Co-op Radio. I had a radio show. Radio has been my passion for a number of years. I went to BCIT for radio, learned all the ins and outs of the industry. Getting a chance to have my own radio slot and expand my podcast was a pretty cool opportunity, but I am ready to switch gears and focus on bringing my audience interviews with the bands I care about, radio personalities, and fans of music in general. This week, I have a pretty cool episode. I recently did an interview with radio broadcaster Darren Gree, broadcasting under the name Danger. His most notable shows were with XFM and Fox. It was really cool to get the opportunity to chat with Danger. We chat about his love of radio and the art of storytelling. I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. Uh, my name is uh, Darren Grieve, and on certain jobs that I've had in the past, I've used the name Danger, uh, and I talk on the radio. I uh, spent a lot of years as a, a, a jock, a DJ, uh, playing music and talking between the records, interviewing bands, etc. And these days, uh, I am flying over the lower mainland reporting traffic and accidents and volume, etc. Uh, for News 1130 and uh, Jack FM in Vancouver. And you right. and I go back a long ways, mostly through the music side of things, you and I. Uh, that's how we met, from uh, XFM. Right, yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's the first time that you and I met. I've been listening, like, I was listening to XFM since, like, I don't know, I was, like, 10 years old or something. Um, uh, that was, like, my first taste. Alternative music. You know what's really cool about that, because um, uh, you've told me that before, what's really cool about that for me is that I was, I, I'd been in radio for quite a few years before I ever got that job at XFM, uh, and it was super fun being in radio, but I didn't have, the job, you know, the radio station would play music that wasn't necessarily my thing, right, soft rock or, you know, music that I don't really care about, so it was, it was more of a... Um, uh, learning how to be an announcer, learning how to be a, a jock and have a personality and be comfortable behind a microphone, et cetera, you know, learning your chops, I guess. But XFM was like, for me, it was like the reason I got into radio was to get a job like that. So when I meet people like yourself that say that, oh yeah, that was my first taste of like rock and your life has gone the same path as mine because of it. It's just, uh, you know, it's why the memories of XFM are, are, are so uh, strong for me. Um, was uh, broadcasting something that you always wanted to do? Uh, I listened to the radio a lot when I was a little kid. I, uh, I probably figured out in about grade 10, 11 for sure, grade 11 for sure. I knew that um, 
Uh, I, I definitely wanted to be around music uh, in some way, shape, or form. I didn't want to, I, I, you know, I don't want to follow any other path as far as if I have to have a job at all, you know, it has to be around music. But I wasn't that good as far as like writing music or playing instruments or anything like that. But I really loved uh, drama acting at school. Uh, it was one of my favorite classes. You could sort of be somebody that you're not. And uh, nobody really judges you because you could, you know, you're, you're pretending anyway. So uh, I really liked that kind of thing. And so I thought, well, you know, the guys in the radio, man, they, they look like they have a lot of fun. And they're around all these people that, you know, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could be Jimmy Page or Ace Freely or something like that. But it's not going to happen for me. But boy, if I could sit down and interview those guys, that'd be pretty fucking cool. You know? Yeah. So, uh, cool. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was kind of a combination of the, the, the love of acting or whatever which I was also mediocre at, frankly, <laughs> and, uh, and the love of listening to music. And I knew lots about music. I followed it like people follow sports. So, so it was probably grade 11, but I had no idea how to get into radio. Like it's, it was a big, big mystery. Do you think storytelling is a big part of uh, radio and like connecting with people? Uh, it it um it should be if it's done correctly absolutely I mean that is what to me is uh, and I'll be honest I wanted to get into radio for the reasons I just outlined I wanted to be closer to the musicians that I but you know the the bands that I liked right so I thought well, this is a good way to do it I know I could do that I could interview these people and I could probably you know have some fun between the records because it's not super scary for me at least anyways to be in a room by myself there's no audience there. So you can act like a jackass like you do when you're 17 in your bedroom <laughs> and have fun that way. But as far as uh, storytelling, um, yeah, I learned pretty quickly that that is actually the, the craft of radio is, is to because you don't have the luxury of pictures or video. So you have to use your, your, your brain. You have to translate it through whatever language you speak. And um, so, yeah, storytelling is is probably the biggest thing about radio absolutely you don't hear it as much these days it's a little more cookie cutter and short to the point get in get out you know mention the song you just played and, uh, say something quickly and tell them what's coming up next and, and all that and, and to do that well is not easy either but uh, the storytelling is is unfortunately uh, like a lot of other things these days uh, you know kind of a dying thing it seems like more um, freedom on a podcast uh, frankly do you have any stories from like back in your uh, XFM days or with C Fox? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool because you got you got access to some pretty co uh, neat things. You know, it's just like a for me a kid growing up out in like South Surrey Ocean Park, uh, saving up my Vancouver Sun paper route money to buy concert tickets to skip out the last block of school to go downtown to watch a show and now you're actually at the pacific coliseum and you're getting paid to be there and you're about to interview some band backstage or something like that there's lots of cool stories like that i guess and for me i've always felt like that 17 year old kid that had to save up his money to get there i loved every second of it so as far as stories there's just lots of them i'm trying to think of a cool one with xfm you know when i when that station first opened it was in abbotsford as, as you know, um, and Crash, who did the morning show, he had just moved out from Calgary. They actually had him up at a hotel and he'd never been to Vancouver before. And so we would go down to Vancouver and this guy, um, as far as somebody who wants to sort of 
I get the brand out there and get people to notice who the radio station is. Nobody heard of the radio station. This guy brought a stack of radio st- station stickers with him, and we were driving through downtown. Every time we hit a stoplight, uh, Crash would get out, and he would hand stickers to all the other cars at the intersection. He'd hand out these XFM stickers. And I thought, wow, this guy's got, like, I would never, I'm way too shy to do something as crazy as that. Stuff like that, um, I thought was really cool because what it showed me was, you know, we're just a couple of people that got these jobs. We're super lucky to be here. We're super happy to be here. And nobody even knows we exist yet. We can make this any way we want. We can, we can, you know, get the word to the people any way we want. Next thing you know, we're doing shows at, uh, at the Plaza of Nation, you know, not even two summers later, like Hullabaloo. And you've got, uh, you know, big bands on stage and you're up on stage introducing these bands. And the station started from nothing. I had uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the wrestling legend, on my show one time. And as a kid in the 80s, this guy was my favorite wrestler because he had a big mouth. He yelled and, you know, he got mad and didn't take any crap, but, but he didn't look like a big tough guy or whatever. I just loved his attitude. And uh, I had him on my show one day. So for me, he was like a hero. And he came in there and I thought he was going to be a jerk because uh, it's always hit or miss. It seems like with wrestlers, they're either they're going to put on, you know, the interview face and, and do it properly or they're, or they're just not into it. But Rowdy, Rowdy Piper was the nicest guy. Give me a big hug, uh, which I'll never forget. It was, it was just super, super cool. Yeah, I wanted to uh, meet musicians, bands that I admired. I never even considered meeting Rowdy Roddy Piper. Do you know what I mean? But one day I get to work yeah. and somebody says, hey, today uh, Piper's on your show. Are you cool with that? Are you kidding me? Really? You know, so uh, that's probably one of the bigger ones. It's not even music related, really, I guess. But for me, that was a big one. And to find yeah. out he was such a sweetheart of a guy, too. He smelled like weed, too. When he gave me a hug, the guy smelled like he had a, ba- he had a bag of weed in his jacket for sure. <laughs> I mean, I guess you never really know how, like, the people that you look up to are going to react during during an interview, you know? Well, you don't. No, you really don't. You don't. Yeah, I've never not been nervous before an interview, even if it's somebody I've interviewed before. Because you can get them in a different mood on a certain day, and they'll be a bit of a different person. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a reminder that, hey, you guys were friendly last time, but you're not friends. You know, he hasn't really dealt with you since the last time he was in Vancouver, that type of thing. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, a guy like Piper, that was just a really nice experience. A total pro, too, right? I mean, obviously, he's probably nice to every single person that ever interviewed him. I've never heard a bad thing about him that way, but... But uh, it was it's nice when you have a good experience like that, for sure. How did you make the transition between going from a music station, going from uh, C-Fox, a station that you've listened to since you were a kid, to, like, reporting on traffic? That seems a bit of a jump. Yeah, well, it was a jump, for sure. Um, yeah, when C-Fox ended, the, the thing that's happening now in radio is it's a lot tighter. There's just not that many jobs. So uh, when the C-Fox uh, uh, days ended, I sort of, I, I did a couple of different things for a few years. And it just kind of came my way. Um, Trish Jewison, who's a friend of mine, we actually did a podcast together. We knew each other from C-Fox because she worked at AM730 down the hall. And so we'd known each other as long as she'd been there. And by this point, she was at uh, the traffic place, CTN, uh, and I was doing, I, 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 I built, um, I built hot rods for a while with a couple of friends of mine that had a shop. 
but then that slowed down and I started doing some other other things uh, that weren't really all that exciting. And she just said, hey, I don't know if it's your thing or not, but, uh, you know, we got this job. And I thought, oh, it's actually not bad. I live in I live in White Rock. It's in Boundary Bay. And uh, my dad was in aviation his whole career. So the idea of being at the airport and flying around, I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's kind of cool, actually. I kind of like that. And, and it's radio, which is also fun. But uh, the transition's a bit different. Uh, it's, it's actually a completely different thing. The only thing you're really using as far as your skill set is your announcing skills. Everything else is, is different. You have to, with traffic, you're reacting to everything. You can't really prep uh, for a shift reporting on traffic crashes. You show up at work and then when stuff happens, you talk about it right then and there. So it's a completely different flip for sure. But before any of the rock stuff or any of the, you know, the CFOX or the XFM stuff, I, I started in radio in 1988. Uh, so I've done a little bit of news, a little bit of everything. What I always wanted to do was the stuff I did at XFM and CFOX and, and what I, you know, do podcast wise and, you know, uh, sort of for my extracurricular activities. That's my main focus for sure. But uh, as far as radio, I've done a little bit of everything anyway. So it, it, it's a it's a flip of the switch. It's It's not really comparable except for that it's radio. When you like report on traffic, Correct me if I'm wrong, but are you, are you reading from a script? No, no, I don't have anything. Well, the only script I have is the, if I have a sponsor tag for my Jack FM reports. Those are those are on a script because those are paid ads that I use at the end of the right. report. But as yeah. far as the traffic stuff that I talk about, no, I have a clipboard and a pen, and I can write down, you know, okay, there's a crash westbound Highway One at Gallardi. I'll write that down. It'll be in really short form though. It'll just be like abbreviations, like westbound right. will be W. Like it'll be like not even a full sentence, just so I have some reference point. Um, in case I lose my train of thought while I'm in mid-break, I have something to reference to, but no, there's no script whatsoever. Uh, the, the only the only um, thing that's sort of set out are the, are the routes that I cover, as far as the tunnel, the Alex Fraser, uh, the, you know, the Portman Bridge, etc., and the direction changes from morning to afternoon. Uh, so those are the things that I pay attention to, but as far as what I say about them, no, there's no script. How have you like stayed fresh and organic throughout the years doing shows, whether that be um, XFM, whether that be CFOX, whether that be um, preparing for going up in the chopper? How do you like? How do you stay fresh? I don't know. I mean, it's um, I, I, I to be honest, I don't always feel fresh. It's not, you know, um, anytime you're getting paid to do anything every day, it's not fun every single time you do it but uh it, it's not hard to for example this traffic job certainly a lot different than than rock radio uh but you know i'm flying over top of like a, a, an accident somebody's obviously not having a good day right there in front of me and the traffic behind them they're not enjoying it either and i'm not stuck in it um so it's it's a it's a cool responsibility to get the information out there because I know when I'm driving, I appreciate it too, right? Um, but also, it's a reminder that That's true. you're pretty lucky to be doing it. I, you know, I, it could be it could be way worse than flying around in here, even if I'm tired. It's a split shift, so it can be tough, you know, frankly. But uh, it's it's still a pretty awesome job, and it's radio. It, I've I've managed to since I graduated high school. I started my radio program a month after I graduated and I did terrible in school. I was like the worst student, C minuses and P's all the way through. Like I barely graduated. I, you know, uh, but 
I luckily figured out that radio I wanted to take a crack at, and the course happened to start in August of that same summer. So I jumped in and I got a job about two months after that was over. Uh, and I've managed to stay employed in radio pretty much ever, ever since, you know, even when I get a bit uh, um, complacent, it's not hard to remember that. So it could be a lot worse. Right. And frankly, for a couple of years there, I was doing construction. That's a lot of work. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's snowing or raining, you're still doing that work. I'd rather be in the airplane. Well, I guess being in Vancouver, it's a, you know, it's a big radio market and like, the community is quite small, so you, you know, it's very easy to connect with people. I know exactly what you're saying, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because uh, I grew up here, and I I always made that uh, common knowledge because I, like I said before, I, I knew that I wanted to get into radio at a certain age and fairly young, I suppose, for what it is, but. Uh, I never really thought about doing radio anywhere else. I just, it was like, to me, like, you know, the coolest place to do would be right here in Vancouver. It's where I'm from. Like, it, it would be awesome to go to L.A. And, you know, not, I'm not saying I wouldn't do that. I'd do it probably in a heartbeat, right? But it's yeah. pretty cool to be in a city that you grew up in. And, you know, like uh, people that grew up with me that I've forgotten about every once in a while. Yeah, I listen to you all the time, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's kind of it's kind of cool that um, – that you have a place in a city that you you have an actual attachment to, you know what I mean? Like, uh, if you're from, especially I think Vancouver. If like if you're from Vancouver, if you grew up anywhere in the, I don't care where it is. If you grew up in the Lower Mainland, we all know this place is really fucking awesome, right? It's a really cool place, and so to be any kind of part of the fabric of that city uh, is, uh, to me, that's success flat out. In fact, anybody remembers me from CFOX or XFM still kind of blows me away a little bit. But uh, it's it's super cool. Uh, what's what's your greatest accomplishment throughout your um, broadcasting career? That's really tough to answer. It's um, it was super. It was really really uh, amazing for a kid who at like five years old discovered Kiss, and that's what sort of turned me on to music. My mom liked the Beatles and Elvis, so I knew rock music was cool, but Kiss was my band, and I, I was crazy about them. And they got me started on everything, and they got me uh, sort of even comfortable with the idea of uh, trying to chase the idea of being on the radio. So uh, to interview Ace Freely probably would be something that I would put right near the top. That was really cool for me because, uh, again, five or six years old and his posters are on my wall and now uh somewhere wherever this guy was that day i think he was in idaho or something like that um i was on his itinerary ace freely had a piece of paper that said 2 25 p.m blah 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 you're talking to danger from t-fox that to me uh it would mean nothing to anybody else but me but it was just like blew my mind that this guy had my name on his schedule that day so I would probably say that it's probably super cheesy story, but no, like must be like pretty cool to have a job where you get to meet most of your like musical heroes of when you like grew up. Was it nerve wracking to you know get a chance to sit down and talk to them? I know you said you don't get nervous, but like come no. on, everybody gets no. I never said it. I never said I didn't get nervous. I actually get nervous all the time. I never, I, if I said that, I, I don't know. I don't know why I would have said that. I get nervous. Um, I get nervous before every interview. Uh, 
I was even nervous just today talking to you because I don't know how, I don't know what you're going to ask me, et cetera. Right? I have to be on my feet. Uh, certainly yeah. with, yeah, I mean, um, I never, ever didn't get nervous. I, I went into a bit of a zone after a while. I guess when you do it lots, you know, you have sort of a process, I guess you call it, um, not to romanticize it too much, but you just go into a weird headspace, I guess. Um, I never, like, if it was a big thing, we would do, um, we would have uh, listeners to a recording studio like Armory Studios, and we'd have a band there, and I would interview the band maybe, and they would play a couple songs, that type of a thing, sort of a big event like that. I wouldn't really sleep much the night before, and I wouldn't eat at all until it was uh, over, which is super not healthy, but I I, uh, I just couldn't do it. But I always managed to do a good job of it if I felt like it anyways. But uh, no matter how nervous you got, it's kind of like um, – I used to run long distance when I was younger, when I was a kid, and you're super, super nervous until the firing pistol starts. As soon as the pistol goes and you're running, you're uh, you're doing lots of things, but you're not being nervous anymore. You're just doing it, and and it always was like that. It was mostly always like that, but always nervous beforehand. Almost never disappointed though in a big star, or somebody that I really admired. It almost always went well, but. Um, I think the the one thing that worked in my favor is I I try to make it clear pretty quick without being like a goober fan or anything like that, but ask something intelligent so they realize oh this guy actually understands the battery. No, you know what I mean. Some people dive in with something kind of silly. I'm not knocking anybody, but I just mean I would always try and subtly let them know that hey like I I'm right into this band and I know all kinds of like whatever we could talk about whatever you want, and they would loosen up a lot of the times very true you want to sound as like smart as possible um and like intelligent and well don't really want to look like an idiot um no but a lot of the heavier bands too though they they get interviews all the time with people that are they are just delegated from the radio station to interview them that day meanwhile that particular dj doesn't listen to metal they don't they only play it like late at night and this guy doesn't care either way a lot of those heavier bands deal with that kind of like, you know, disinterested interview all day long. So they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. So mostly with the heavier bands, it was always cooler to just sort of let them know that, hey, man, like I'm actually doing this because I want to. How do you develop content? And how they explained it to me when I went to radio school made a lot of sense. They didn't teach you how to do it, they did, but they did say that, you know, what you need to do is just pay attention to the world around you at all times because there's there's interesting things and there's funny things that happen every day, all day long. And you can also gather up the Hollywood news and all the music news and all. You, should, you have to do that as well. It has to be, you know, timely and, and whatnot. But uh, the, the golden moments are when you just when you see something that's funny. Well, I should actually uh, I should actually talk about that. And uh, so that to me would probably be one of the one of the biggest things Um the rest of it is just a matter of paying attention to pop culture, whatever it is, format you're working, whether it's rock or top 40. There's bits, there's adjustments there for, for what you would prep. But otherwise, you know, try and know your audience as, as best you can, which you would if you're at a, a certain station. And um, with radio, the, the only real big advantage left with radio these days is the fact that it is local all the time. So. Uh, if you're in a specific city or whatever, then you want to be as local as you can with the content. But but the thing that will set people apart is if they can develop sort of a, a, a way of just really just paying attention to, 
the interesting things that happen around them every day and just sort of have a mental notepad or even write it down. Sometimes I'll text myself just so I don't forget because it's just like the most little dumb thing that happened. You know, you're not going to remember after dinner, right? What's some advice do you have for someone who, let's say, is just starting out in broadcasting or starting a podcast? What would you, what advice would you give them? The beautiful thing is now is you can do a podcast. Anybody can do a podcast. Uh, so if you're interested in broadcasting at all, fire one of those up because they're pretty much free, uh, more or less, if you had a little bit of uh, gear at home to, just to get something basic going, just to see if it works for you. Uh, and, and listen to as many as you can. Listen to other people and listen to what they do. Listen to them like you would watch your hockey team and you critique, oh, they really sucked on the power play tonight. Listen to, listen to them that way. You know, try and break it down. What did they just say? How did they say it? How quick were they in? How quick were they out? And if you know people that are in it, ask their advice as well, I guess. You know, um, it's a really interesting time because um, much like music, where it used to be, you'd have to go um, get a record deal and get somebody with money to go buy. Now everybody's doing it indie. You can do everything in your own in your own place right now for very little money. And and broadcasting is the exact same thing. Podcasting is... is uh, is for anyone who wants to give it a shot. So plenty of advice as well on YouTube, I would imagine. But uh, <laughs> basically, you know, but but listen to the ones that are successful, especially if they more are focused on what whatever your particular uh, genre or subject matter may be. Find the ones that are the biggest in that area. Listen to them. Figure out what you like and what you don't like. You don't have to like every one of them just because they're successful. And then and then sort of uh, go from there. Emulate maybe your two or three favorite points and, and see where it takes you. Who influenced you as a broadcaster? Well, growing up, I'm, we had the radio on all the time. First thing my mom would do in the morning was turn the radio on. And, and then uh, she'd make our school lunches and we'd sit down at breakfast and all that. But the radio was on every day. So any of the big DJs from Vancouver back in the day, uh, Fred Latrum, of course, and, and uh, Red Robinson, uh, Guys like Jim Fraser, uh, who was on uh, CKWX Super Country, because my parents used to listen to that, which I, I didn't like the music at all. But but these people were talking to me every morning. So I, I, I heard them. And, and when I got into broadcasting, though, it was people like um, Howard Stern, for sure, just because he kind of rewrote the rules, though, you know, um, I, I can never get away with what he did. But. I, I sure I, th I sure thought it was cool listening to him. My dad used to travel a lot for work uh, before he retired. And so I would send him when he would go to big American cities, I would send him with uh, blank tapes and he would in his hotel room, he would tune in. And I would tell him whatever show I wanted to hear. And, and when he was in New York, he would record uh, K-Rock when Howard was still with K-Rock before he was with uh, Satellite and everything else. So my dad would come home with... Uh, three or four 90 minute cassettes just full of Howard Stern. I'd listen to all those and then he would go somewhere else. Uh, but another guy that I really, really loved is uh, Bob Rivers. And he was, he still is in Seattle. He was at KSW for many years. A lot of those people at KSW though, uh, Scott Vanderpool, uh, boy, there's lots and lots of them. Uh, I grew up in White Rock, so you could get Seattle radio on a clear night, especially if you were closer to the beach because it was a straight shot down there. And they were a, a, they're a pretty awesome rock station. They would, they would get away with a lot more than Seafox would even back then. 
because they don't have to play Canadian. So uh, anybody that worked at that station back then, but Bob Rivers uh, is another guy that I was a big fan of. So a lot of West Coast stuff, I guess. Interesting. You know, it's like interesting to talk to like my favorite DJs and see who influenced them. For instance, I, I like listening to everybody's uh, broadcasting style. Some DJs are like insanely interesting and some are like just, just natural storytellers. And, you know, radio is a perfect medium for storytelling and I wasn't really interested in, you know, radio so much as a kid, but as I, you know, got older, I got interested in podcasting and I realized that it was a great medium for, you know, getting across what I wanted to say, right? Um, right. I feel like you uh, are, you've discovered what I discovered. I got into radio, like I said before, because I just wanted to be closer to music and I wasn't good enough to play it. I knew I, I, it would be awesome to be a rock star, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? But when I started doing it, I was like, oh, okay, it's actually, and it kind of opened up a whole other part of my um, uh, creative brain that I hadn't really discovered yet. And it's not really the type of thing that you could, I don't know how else you would, uh, outside of maybe being a writer, I suppose, if if you had an aptitude for that, but you know, to to tell stories and to grasp anybody's attention at all with no pictures or anything, um, I, I just really found it interesting. I had no idea that I would have though before I did it. How have you been like handling the COVID nineteen pandemic? What have you been doing to uh, stay sane? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was just talking about this uh, yesterday with my pilot at work, and we did, we didn't have to stop work. I had another job too, though. I I was recording the um, I did the afternoon show for Whistler FM. I did that from home from my home studio here, and that that job quit pretty much right away because they're a small little independent station. So that was a uh, that was a bit of a speed bump right away because you know. Uh, that was income that I was now not getting with almost no notice. So that kind of blew. But uh, outside of that, though, I mean, because I had to go to work every day, uh, it, it helped a lot to keep me sane, I guess. I, I see a lot of people around me, uh, close friends that have been going through some tough times. It was eerie to fly above the city and see no traffic, uh, you know, for weeks on end. Uh, no matter what time of the day or what time of the week it was, long weekends, Friday, you know, no traffic at all. That that was a bit weird. And it would just make you be kind of quiet for a few days. Pilot and I would talk mostly. I mean, we're the only two people that we were each in contact with for months at a time either. So uh, the office shut down. So it was kind of weird. Uh, my daughter lives with me, so we were together. So that, that worked out okay. So I wasn't like completely by myself and, and vice versa. But uh, I wear a mask when I go out, though. It doesn't bother me to wear a mask. It's uh, a little uncomfortable, but whatever. Um, not a big deal. A lot of people have had it a lot worse than I have. So I'm thankful that I'm still working. I think if, if work quit, uh, that's when it might be a little trickier. Because all of a sudden, you have you know, no nothing to focus on. Nowhere to go. Yeah, day, right? it's helpful when you have a good distraction to to keep you busy yeah especially yeah. in a time like this yeah but then a little scary too to be quite frank because i'm flying around no traffic every day for weeks on end so i'm like hey you know how long how long does the company want to pay for this uh, how long is this going to go on you know i mean people are losing jobs all over the place mine could be mine could be next 
you know. Uh, luckily, that hasn't happened, and things are busier now, so it looks like I'm okay with that. But yeah, a bit nerve-wracking, but again, so many people uh, had it so much worse, you know. Very true, very true. And we don't know how long this thing is going to last, so... No, no, it's just got to be uh, part of our lives for a little while. Yeah, um, ending things off here. Um, where could people like find you online if they're just discovering you through my um, through my podcast? Twitter is probably one of the quickest places to go there. Uh, it's at Danger On Air. Uh, also, the Instagram is Danger Underscore On Underscore Air. Uh, those are the two most active. Uh, and I, I'm on Facebook as well. I have a new uh, podcast as well that I'll be uh, firing up here, hopefully right around Labor Day or just after Labor Day weekend. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you that info as well at some point. But but those two right there would be the quickest places to find me. Thank you for um, taking the time to chat with me and uh, stay safe, man. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again, Spencer. Thanks for having me on. Anything I can do to help you out with this, let me know, man, anytime. You, you know how to get a hold of me. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Darren Grieve, more commonly known on the radio as Danger. You can find Darren doing traffic on News 11:30, as well as some traffic reports on 96.9 Jack FM. To follow my work, go to djspencer.ca. To follow my podcast, search The Tempo Report on Apple Music and Podbean. Thank you so much for listening.